With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome on, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, what a wild Saturday it was. And I hope you were drinking quite a bit afterwards, because Lord knows I was. And so because of that, I had to bring my drinking buddies on to record this recap pod. And starting off with my right-hand man, Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dill? What a uh, week it's been away from podcasting, away from Texas Tech Athletics. And then I dive back into this just absolute dumpster fire of a program and week and podcast and ugh. uh tech football really did not welcome you back from vacation well at all dylan no no uh Brian, who didn't ground. who didn't get the luxury of vacation who just had to deal with nothing but misery that is the man jeremy gillen what's up jeremy hey baby i'll tell you what between being sick this whole weekend uh i actually made a good choice at not taking, I got offered some some tickets, some really nice tickets, and I saw. I thought, ah, you know, I'm not feeling that good. I'll stay home. I actually felt kind of bad because I thought, man, great tickets would have been a good game. I had a you know good feeling because Albie and I picked differently on the on the preview pod. Uh, not upset about that anymore. <laughs> I was upset about it for about a half, but then the second half came, and you you know what? It's all right. You know, it's all right. You know I'm what? Out. I uh, that's my fault. I, I said it in the preview pod. <laughs> The definition of insanity is uh, you what, did it. What was it? Yeah, say picking, having the same thing happen over and over again, and expecting a different result for Te- years. Texas Tech years. has now lost to Kansas State six years in a row, ten of the last eleven times. Which that in itself, Kansas State is not some powerhouse, right? Losing ten of eleven times to Kansas State is sickening. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. Um, but every time we do it, it seems to be from a uh, game where Texas Tech snatches a loss from the jaws of victory. And they did it once again, probably in the best fashion we've seen in this past game. Tech loses 25 to 24, a game which Texas Tech had the lead at halftime, 24 to 10. Yes, that's right. Texas Tech did not score a single point in the second half. How does that make you feel, Jeremy? What's worse than dead inside? Dead outside. I just feel dead outside. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I, I was telling Dylan Prepod, th- there was a moment when we scored so fast in the first, at the back of my mind, I was like, man, 
Something's just going to go wrong here. Like, this can't be this good. There's no way. Like, we're playing too well. Had a special teams turnover. Capitalized. We're up 14-0 on Kansas State. And there's like 13 minutes left in the first quarter. And you know what? It actually didn't get any better from there. Um, Yeah, honestly, just being up at the half, you know, 24 to 10, you think that, okay, even if you're in a cruise, you know, if you're in the cruise mode, uh, you could still pull this one out. If you get a couple points there, I mean, you get one field goal in the second. That's a win. Uh, But you're unable to do that. It really felt like the halftime speech was, let's not lose this, when it should have been, let's like, absolutely demolish these guys like the, the the entire tone the games the scheme the entire scheme it all changed and it changed for the worst yeah i mean in this this tech football in i was thinking this in the first half tech football under matt wells has never been good at putting their foot on their necks right they continually let teams back in the game and i had no doubt in my mind that kansas state was going to get back in this game in the third quarter sure enough they did i just thought it would be like similar to the west virginia game I'm surely Tech will put up a couple scoring drives here. I even tweeted at the end of the game, a nice six-minute drive to win the game on a game-winning field goal. This is just like the West Virginia game, at the very least. Like, that's what a normal team would do. But I forgot. I forgot who this is. I forgot the coach, coaching staff. I forgot the football team. And, uh, yeah, not nothing happened. That last drive was a thing of misery. And, and Dylan, what did you think about the whole game? Well, to, to do – the thing that we always say that, that this team can't do, and that's start fast. To start fast and then lose the game in the end was really disheartening because, like, you know, in, in, our, in all our eyes, it's say, okay, we did the one thing that Matt Wells says we need to do that's so obvious that we need in order to get a win. And then, yeah, we, we just couldn't, we couldn't do anything in the second half offensively, and, and it, it just got away from us quick. And, and, and the other thing that's really frustrating as much as I hate, well, I don't want to say hate Matt Wells, as much as I dislike Matt Wells as the head football coach at Texas Tech, he did fix our penalty problem that we had under Cliff Kingsbury, and it came right back today, or yesterday. It, so, I'll say this. Not throughout the whole game. The, Tech was the more disciplined team throughout the game. But it's, I think it's the play you're talking about, the third and thir- 20, 34. Third and 34, sorry. The third and 34 play. Um, look, I will say this. The hands to the face is one of those calls where it's really, I, I, it's really hard to say somebody's just undisciplined because you're in the heat of the battle. Your hands a lot of times when you're trying to put get extension on the lineman, you work your way up. You gotta find a way to work on a third and thirty-four. You just don't gotta, just don't mess up. Just stick it. Just oh, it's it's such a rough call. But I don't think I will say this. I don't think that's the play that lost the game. I think a lot of play, a lot of fans kind of just look at that play and as a microcosm of the whole team, and and maybe it is. But I don't think that one play lost the game. I think laying back lost the game. I think being conservative lost the game. I think the second half game plan lost the game. And the second half offensive game We plan failed to convert a third right? down like the, in the second half. Oh, it was misery. How about this stat for you guys? Texas Tech led the game for 53 minutes and 21 seconds and somehow lost. A game which they led 53 minutes and 21 seconds lost. How is that? Tech keeps finding new ways, new spectacular ways to embarrass us. <laughs> you want to you wanna lose to your fiercest rival by, seven, by uh, what was it, five touchdowns? Sure. You want to 
lose at home to another in-state rival that you're that's really not any good but get blown out sure how about losing a game this one won't be a blowout but a game in which you don't score a point whatsoever in the second half after being up by two touchdowns sure <laughs> that's, it's brand new ways to embarrass us all um i you know i this this game was was very rough not to mention henry columbia probably had his worst game of the season and it wasn't no one else to blame. He just did not play well whatsoever. What did y'all think about his performance? I think his uh, inability to push the ball down the field is really what kind of killed him. Uh, his in, his accuracy in the second half was was god awful. I mean, he 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 it was threw bad. he overthrew a guy, and on the very next play, he underthrew the next guy. Like he was trying to find his ball in the second half, and and it wasn't happening for him, and. But to his credit, and not really credit, but I, I got to go look up the stat, but it's something like in 23 dropbacks, he, we allowed 14 pressures. Like, he had no time. Yeah, no. I mean, the O-line didn't play well, both in the passing game and in the running game. I mean, so Roger, so Roger had trouble. We did get to see Todd Brooks. And Todd Brooks, he only got to carry the ball four times, but he looked great when he was doing it. I'm, I'm happy to see him. Uh, he still probably isn't fully healthy, so I understand him a limitation on running. But he looked good, but the, the run – O-line in general also had a very bad game. And it's not a Kansas State team that's really known for getting that much pressure compared to the other ones or compared to some of the other teams we played this year. And so it's kind of a little disheartening to see they were just, I mean, they kind of just lived in the backfield in this game. I mean, uh, um, one guy I kind of want to give a shout out to from them, uh, Enudik, or sorry, let me see, make sure I get this guy's name right. Enudike Uzoma was really really impressive for them he was kind of a beast everywhere also nate matlack for or, sorry matt lack for kansas state also was really good in this game for them and it, it's just sad that we're shouting out kansas state defenders and how good they were because again they held the texas Tech offense at zero point and, and while we're talking point. about offensive line play it, we we've yet to talk about the safety and, and that was 90 percent tj Storm's fault let's be honest Oh, the state. Uh, no. I thought you were talking about the K State safety. No, the B safety. B safety that started safety. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say this. I, I get it's college football, so what I was going to do from the shotgun, but I really wish there was more understanding. Uh, inside plays the five, don't, like you don't snap a shotgun ball. That's silly. That's stupid. It's, yeah, no, but you know, you're absolutely right. TJ Stormont, listen, I we haven't talked about him too much in this pod. He hasn't been bad. I'm not going to say he's been bad this year. Hasn't been what you expected. I will say that hasn't really been what we've expected. We've shouted out a lot of O-linemen this year that have played pretty impressively. He's not one of them. And he kind of should rear his ugly head in this game. Uh, again, he got outworked by Matt Lack in this game a few times. Uh, and and so, but it, offensively, I don't really know anyone to shout out here. I, I thought everybody played either, you know, mediocre. I get Ezukama wasn't bad. He had that big run early in the, in the game, but then he only had one catch for the rest of the game. Right. Uh, uh, Miles Price, I guess. Is the guy we can chat? It's just a bad offensive performance. After we've been talking so much crap about the defense, it wasn't their fault we lost this game. Jeremy, I see you. You're you're beside yourself here. I'm just. I'm just. It's. Uh, this has been a big weekend for Texas Tech football for a number of reasons. Um, this game, man. I, I just. How many times are we gonna have to sit and? Because we'll go through the same cycle because it's our job. Okay, we can win this game. We do this, this, 
ah, we didn't do that, that, we lost, piss. Well, you know what, this, that, and the other, X, Y, Z. Uh, it is, Matt Wells is refusing to win at home, which needs to be pretty big for Texas Tech. He refuses to put away teams. I mean, <clears throat> up 24-10, and like Dylan said, the safety is what gets that started. Um, great defensive outing to start the second half, but then you get pinned deep, whatever. The safety, fine. You know what? It happens. Like, I'm not, when it happened, I thought, well, whatever. Get the defense back out there. They've had a long halftime anyways. Be fine. Well, it just, the mentality changed. It the entire And we were talking about offensive players that weren't really that impressive. Um, it was a lot of, it, the, the theme of this game was all up front. So it was all like sparks up front for me. Everybody's playing well. Columbia, <clears throat> you know, a C game at best, but everybody else around him playing really well. It just got worse as the game went on. And I don't understand that. We were really, we were really hot on, okay, Wells needs to get his guys ready for the games, ready for big games early and uh, often. Okay, well, it comes out early and often in this game, and we get going. I mean, two scores in the first, but Wells is unable to sustain that energy and sustain that momentum. And I think the difference between what makes okay coaches, good coaches, and especially great coaches, is the ability to 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 maintain or reinvigorate an energy or momentum <clears throat> to make adjustments. And that just, it all died. Here in the second half was the epitome of like everything that Matt Wells is bad at. It just came to fruition. And the team just not firing on all cylinders. People were not tackling as well. And the defense played, you know what? The defense played well. <clears throat> no more than one touchdown given up each quarter. That's really good for Texas Tech football. So, but, eh, whew, I mean, you give me one field goal in the second half just to get this an ugly win, right? How about this stat for you guys? This is the first loss in the Matt Walls era where the defense held the opposing team to less than 28. <clears throat> He's just finding new ways to new ways, impress. New ways to impress. New just ways keeping it exciting for L. the boosters. <laughs> new ways to take new it ways. So, I mean, I, there's a lot more we can talk about this game. Uh, like I said, the defense did play pretty well. I, I, I really, uh, before we kind of move on, I do want to give a shout out. Eric Monroe, I thought, had a fantastic game in this. I thought he played really, really well in this. Uh, Jeremy, in the preview pod, you talked about the, 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 the ends. Tyree Wilson. Buddy, he came to play. He came to play at two sacks on the game. One of them was hella impressive. The uh, um, double offsides was pretty I, hilarious, though. Tyree Wilson, he was oh, offsides off- once, and he was offsides again the very next play. Hey, man, with Tyree, <laughs> with Tyree you're going to be some, it. you lose some, okay? <laughs> just, he was sniffing it out. Think what you can get. Um, but, uh, I mean, a lot of DeMarcus, DeMarcus Fields also had a pretty decent decent game here. Um, I, I I can't remember if I tweeted in this game or not, but De'Aton Taylor Demerson has become, without the interceptions, unfortunately, but he's become this year's Zach McPherson. Every game, I feel like he's just there. He's locked down the other receiver. He's played really well. So I want to give the defense a bunch of shout-outs, but let's be real. No, I, people are sick, already sick of this game. Let's talk about Matt Wells, shall we? That's what the people came to see. They want to talk about Matt Wells. Um, and this coaching staff. Now, we're recording this on a Sunday night. Tech Twitter has been ablaze all day today because Coach Ennis, the assistant D-line coach, decided to get on Twitter and talk about a few of our a few people that we like, talking tech pod. Um, they are some of the most optimistic tech fans we know. 
They don't. They refuse. We had him on uh, for our season preview pod. Couldn't talk down. Steven's my boy. He couldn't talk down on him. They were called Fairweather fans. <laughs> uh, uh, Tino said he said he didn't want to be associated with her. Boy, are they down bad. My God, they are, are they down bad. And and so it's it's also there's rumors that the Board of Regents have already made the decision to move on from Matt Wells. That's a rumor. A rumor. I will say nothing official. Uh, but there's rumors about that. Wikipedia pages of Matt Wells have been saying that he got fired. Just, it, I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've ever seen this fan base so ready to move on from a coach. Uh, even, I, don't, I think it's even worse than with Kingsbury. Because we, even with Kingsbury, there was still a, a piece of the fan base that still wanted to hold on. And that's still, that piece has been pretty loud the last few weeks. But I don't think I've ever seen a, a, this fan base so ready to move on. Oh, well, what say you, Jeremy? Because you were, you were Mr. Optimist until, about the, until the TCU lost. It's tough. It's tough for me, you know, looking back at the recent coaching, um, it always feels like we're, there's one thing missing. There's one thing missing. Ah, there's one thing missing. Uh, last year, most notably Kingsbury's like inability to recruit. Well, Matt Wells has been recruiting well. The one thing he hasn't been doing well is being a head coach. Can we, you know what? Can we just, like, hey, Cardinals, can you give us a clip back as like our offensive coordinator, let's just like let make let's make Matt Wells a recruiting director, right? Yeah. Can we just do that? Make Matt Wells a recruiting director. Find a defensive coach that's not Keith Patterson or David Gibbs, and um, <laughs> you know have Kingsbury as like the play caller, right? Play caller in chief, and then that's the perfect team. That's the perfect team. Um, Here's the thing: is that I think I think Matt Wells knows what he wants to do. I think Matt Wells, in his mind, may have like a good plan. <clears throat> the problem is that plan is either I either a not equipped for D one or B he is unable to execute it. And in either case, that's not, he's an inefficient coach. Like if you have a coach who has a vision, but can't achieve it, you got to find a different coach. Even if that vision is the best vision in the world. If he and Nick Saban are on the same intellectual level, Matt Wells is a terrible coach. No, no matter how you slice it, right? Because like if he's unable to execute on what he wants to do, that's bad. Now, let's say this is what he wants to do. Okay. By the metrics, it's bad. So no there's matter, really... No matter how you, you know, slice it, it don't matter. No matter how you slice it, this is a nasty pie. You order cheesecake, you got chicken pot pie. You're not happy. There's, there's just no more room. Like we have tried, <clears throat> I have tried to find all the little avenues of, okay, well, it wasn't his players. Okay, well, these are tough games. Okay, well, this, well, that. Okay, getting it all and figuring it out. Blah, blah, blah. No more. We just can't. We've run out of room. The noose is tight. Wells is just like finding a new way for us to F up this hangman game. Like, I'm just tired of it, man. I'm really tired of it. And I'm not one. I'm, I'm with you, Abby. Like, I don't like discussing... I really, I mean, there's something fun about it, sure, with the sport of it all, but mid-season, <clears throat> if it's not the end of the season, there's no reason to really discuss coaching changes. It's just not time. You don't know what real, we don't know what the actual options are out there, but I can tell you definitively, Matt Wells is a bad coach. Like, that's where I'm at, period. Wow, definitively. Dylan, what, what do you got to say to that? I mean, I've felt this way a few weeks, or if not, like a year, I felt this way. I, I just I, I I don't have 
faith that Matt Wells is the guy, but I'm with you guys. I don't think we should be up here every week talking about he should lose his job. Let's just ignore it till the end of the season when he inevitably loses his job. Um, let's not get into it with tech coaches on Twitter. Uh, let, let's calm down a little, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are now on the same boat as me and many others who are already on the train of Matt Wells isn't the guy for Texas Tech. It's unfortunate. It's uh, it's time to move on. But like we said, that time will come at the end of the season. We, we did say after the Texas game that it was at the very least time for the boosters to or boosters and board, time for the Board of Regents to start searching other coaches. We did say that. Um, I, you know, we, we're pretty firm on the fact that you don't do anything midseason. You're going to wait till the end of the season to do it. I will say, um, man, we, we have Matt Wells. We, he doesn't have like, like Jeremy kind of pointed out every single excuse in the book. He is wiped through every single one. There is not because that first year here, it was, man, he just keeps losing close games. Once he figures that out, we might have a shot. And then last year, ah, oh, well, you know, the players are still have to play. It's a COVID season. So I'll have to play up. I even said if we had a full season, we would have had a six and six team. We're maybe thinking about this different. And now we're sitting here early in the season. We're like, okay, big losses, but you know, he still probably has a good enough team to get to six, seven wins and you know, figure things out. And now the last the remaining four games are against all ranked teams, right? Oklahoma, Iowa State, uh, uh, uh Oklahoma State, Baylor, all of them are ranked. There's not a there's not a viable win. Let, let me ask you. Let me get, ask you guys something. Do we still believe? Because going into the season, we we're looking at the talent level of this team. We we're like, oh my gosh, this team is so talented. Do we still believe this is probably the t- best, most talented team we've had in the last five years? Because I do. Which is still, which is I a do. bigger indictment on Matt Wells, right? Yeah. No, I, I do. I still think this is just the talent, the, the most talented team we've had in a while. Now the Shuck injury hurts. But I also question just how much is like Columbia played really bad on Saturday. Like, there's no no doubt about that. The other games Columbia's played, I, this is the first game I've looked at it and said Columbia was part of the reasons we took an L. The, the, the Texas game, the TCU game, the West Virginia game. There hasn't been another game where I felt it's it's Columbia. Now, I'm not saying that if Shuck was in this game that they turn, turn things around. It's not like Shuck's been, Shuck was a a world beater before. You know what I mean? So. With the exception of that, everybody else, though, has played really well. So Roger Thompson's played well, right? Uh, um, uh, Kalen Geiger has come in and played well. The O-line has played has – played, uh, most of the O-line has played better than I expected. We finally started to see Tyree Wilson really reach his potential. The linebacking crew has been just as good as we thought it were going to be. We saw other people in the secondary step up. Yeah, we don't have Muddy Waters, but ta- uh, 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 Deidre Taylor Demerson has stepped up. Like, the talent level is still there. I still believe another man at the helm, this is a team that has a much better record. And now you have a situation where before we were saying the losses are the losses, but they've just been embarrassing. Now they're just not, now your record is what you are. You're five, five and three with not another win in sight. And so it's, uh, it's, it's going to be tough going forward. I mean, 2019, you finished ninth above Kansas. So you finished last. 2020, eighth. Two above Kansas, so first to last. I mean, and what we're looking at the schedule left, you know, we have two wins in conference. You're probably losing the last four here. So what? You're eighth or ninth again? Well, I won't, like there's no march. There's no improvement. Yeah, I will, I will say this. I'm not going to go that far. One of the reasons why I don't want to wait. I want to wait to the end of the season is because who knows? Like who knows? 
what happens in this college football season. I'm, I'm still of the belief that uh, Matt Wells wants us to suffer, so he will win one of these four games. I am of that belief that we, this team will still go to a bowl game because that's just how we are as fans and or how we are as a program. We're going to win one more game. We're going to get to a bowl game. He might even win that bowl game. And then Kirby Hokut will be on the podium, you know. We, I, saw, I saw improvement. I saw things there. Uh, and, you know, we want to give him another shot at it. Uh, but let me tell you something. If you can't do better than 6-6 six and six with this roster, I, it's... Get, get out that's of town. That's, uh, <laughs> that's your ceiling. That's, yeah, that's... I, 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 I'm of the belief that... Hell, Chris Kleiman with this roster, who knows? I mean, who knows what the, the sky is the limit there. Another guy by the name of Dave Aranda, former Red Raider, guy that I said on this podcast, or on the our, formerly uh, known as the Air Raid podcast, said that he'd be a great head coach in the Texas Red Raiders. Who knows? In two years, after a fully depleted Baylor roster, has them right now as the 16th ranked team in the country. Dave Aranda. Um, so, you know, just throwing that out there. It's it's a, it's a wild, wild thing. I'm, I'm pretty certain on. Matt so, Wells is going to go his entire Texas Tech career without winning two conference games in a row. Stacking success. Yeah. Stacking. You know what's funny is, Dylan, you had, we, we talked about in the preview pod about your, your comment about the two, two conference wins. And uh, it's almost as if he saw the two conference wins right there and said, I can't do it. Sorry. Guys. Maybe next time. <laughs> I just can't do it. Maybe I just next can't year can't. after I go to a ball game and you guys have one can't. more year. But he, he has so far this season, he follows up every L or every disappointing game we've had this season, follows it up with a good one. So who knows? Oklahoma's next week, baby. Kansas scared him a little bit. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it. So give me, uh, Dylan, I'll let you go first. Give me your offensive player. Of the uh, shoot. I guess, I guess Miles Price. I mean, only guy on the team, I think, with multiple receptions. Like, <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard to pick anybody else. Um, yeah, Miles Price. Jeremy, who you have? Mr. Roger Thompson continuing to turn it up showed a lot of good moves he loves spinning it around I think he looks super healthy and uh, did what he had to I do think Sir Roger could have had a better game if the O-line gave him more holes I don't I, I think he was okay in this one he's had better games better performances I, I agree with Dylan Miles Price is the only one that I uh, I think did anything of note <laughs> anything positive <laughs> um, yeah I'll, I'll give it to Miles Price probably his best game in a, well I won't say best game in a Red Raider uniform but one of his Probably the best game he's had all season. So good for him. Uh, defensively, now you do have a plethora of options here, Jeremy, to pick your defensive player of the game. Who do you have? You know, <clears throat> oh, man. I want to pick somebody I was excited about, but really Eric Monroe, between Eric Monroe and Demarcus Fields, like those are some of your most active players on the defense. So, uh, I'll be generous here. I liked Demarcus Fields' activity on the field. So, man, Demarcus Fields for me, the way that he just kind of covered the covered his space. That boy Jeremy looked at the tackle log and picked two best tacklers. Tacklers, and I'm gonna talk about these two guys the whole time. No, I want it. I can't pick Tyree Wilson because he because what? Oh, it gets a sack and then all. But then Dylan be like, ah, but he had those two offsides, and then I look like an idiot. Listen, listen, Jeremy, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Is this so your I first do what time you here? do, and then you're like, ah, f him, he sucks. Uh, Dylan, who do you have as your defensive player of the game? Uh, it's hard to pick someone. Maybe Colin Schooler because he's the only one who did anything in the second half on either side of the ball. 
that that forced fumble and That's then fair. with the scoop that that gave us hope you know that was the only potential points or play that we made in the second half can you talk about how like the level of intelligence that you need as an athlete because like he not only knocked it out he knew it was knocked out and he immediately looked for it and it was right there and it wasn't the, one of those where you know they got club hands and they're just like bopping it around everywhere that dude just reached down and picked it up beautiful why can't it be that easy Oh, that's a good one. I actually am going to go Tyree Wilson. I don't care about the offsides. Tyree Wilson was really. They didn't make much he, of a difference. He was so. a beast. Yeah, no, he. Yeah, he, Tyree Wilson was a beast. I was going to even give you your props, Jeremy, but you want to you want to crap you want to talk about Tyree Wilson before and you're you're a we're just living game. rent free oh, in Jeremy's head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy definitely hates Dylan and I and complains about us to his wife on a daily basis. <laughs> On a daily basis. These guys, all they do is make fun of me on the podcast. I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> I got to pace my room at night before I can go to sleep. <laughs> Sundays are terrible. Uh, for sure. So uh, usually we do. Usually we have our Big 12 pod every week. Talk about what's going on in the Big 12. This week, however, basketball season is upon us. So we are going to have our conference pre- Big 12 basketball preview later this week. So because of that. Let's talk about some of the Big 12 games that happened this week. It was a fun week in the Big 12, despite the nastiness that happened in Lubbock on Saturday. So, so let's get into it. Dylan, you're not usually with us on these games, and I don't even know if you watch them all. I kind of sprung this on you, but we're going to get into it. Yeah, I, in my head, or I, I'm agreeing to only talk about the games I've watched. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So first up, uh, the number three Oklahoma Sooners, Got scared by the Kansas Jayhawks. Look, Kansas almost won this game, and I'm not even being <laughs> Like, they legit, they were up at halftime. They were, what, weren't they up at the three? Like, they played their hearts out. They lost, but they played hard. And I'm a firm believer that moral victories only matter when you suck. Kansas sucks. So, therefore, this is a huge moral victory for them. Uh, Dylan, what do you think about this uh, game? Well, so, this game happened when the Texas Tech game was on. So, obviously, I didn't watch it. But, however... I found myself flipping over to it during commercial breaks. And had you told me before the game that I was going to be leaving the tech game to watch Kansas, Oklahoma, I would have thought you were crazy. But uh, yeah, I think Kansas had a shutout in the first half and then Oklahoma kind of started to get it together. Jeremy, what do you think of this game? Eno, Eno kind of got it together. Kansas State was mollywhopping these Sooners for the first two quarters of the game. I said Kansas State. You did say Kansas State. You got K-State on the uh, board. You know, y'all know who I'm talking about. Should have <laughs> left it. Y'all know who I'm talking about. The Jayhawks, Lance Leopold, led by Jason Bean, who actually had a really good game. Uh, the game that he wanted to have. You know, here's the thing. I think Kansas got caught looking forward. Um... I think Kansas got a lot caught looking forward last week. That's why we were able to beat them down so much. And then they came out strong against Oklahoma in the way that they planned for. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man, what can you say? Kansas was playing out of their minds in this game. I I, I really loved it. I was like, Dylan, I just like, it was one of those. I kept refreshing. I go, no way, no way. And like seeing some of the passes that they would make and just the defensive scheme that they had. I mean, Oklahoma didn't have an answer for Kansas in the first half. Even in the second half, it was a struggle for Oklahoma. Like, it wasn't easy until the fourth quarter, really. Uh, but Kansas refused to go away. And like Albie said, this, this Kansas could have won this game 
Kansas could have won this game. And that would have been a sweet SEC goodbye to both Texas and Oklahoma if they could have snuck one out uh, against no. two SEC teams in the past couple of years. Oh, I wanted it so bad. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Oklahoma started off with a 98.5% chance of winning this game at kickoff, which is wild. At one point in the third quarter, Kansas had a 65% chance to win the game. That is even wilder. Oh, man. I wanted it so badly. But Kansas remembered, reminded themselves of their Kansas and kind of crapped the bed there. Um, so also another game that we had in the, later in the day, West Virginia at TCU, which is about as boring as it sounds. But West Virginia won 29-17. to 17. Um, The game wasn't that boring, but eh, nobody really cared about either teams. Both teams are pretty bad. Uh, we beat one of them by the grace of God, but uh, both teams pretty bad. Uh, what did you think, Jeremy? It's a Letty Brown game again, man. Letty Brown put a show on for West Virginia, but it was also, I think, what kept TCU from being in the game and also being in the, what they were both in the game and they were kept from being in the game. It was all by Max Duggan. I mean, he had that first pick earlier, earlier in the in the game, but then TCU really started to feel like there was an opportunity there uh, in the fourth to at least get some points on the board. Duggan throws another interception, and that was pretty much all it was uh, for the West Virginia TCU game. So West Virginia definitely getting a win here that they were looking for a lot earlier in the season. TCU uh, just did not play up to their potential uh, against this team. This was the perfect West Virginia game. This is a game that they've been looking for all year, where the defense plays astounding. Letty Brown has a good game, and Jared Dagey is just efficient and doesn't make mistakes. It was great. Uh, Dylan, did you watch I this game? I didn't, but I see that TCU failed to score any points in the second half. Welcome to the club, my friends. Hey, they, they want to be like <laughs> us so bad. <laughs> they want to be us so badly. Um, it's that West Virginia defense, man. <laughs> yeah, no, West Virginia defense definitely showed it up. It showed up. Showed up in this game. Uh, good for them. First conference win of the, of the season. Everybody's getting first conference wins. West Virginia, Kansas State. It's a uh, opa. Uh, so the game of the week in the Big 12 was eighth-ranked Oklahoma State at Iowa State, a game which the eighth-ranked team, going up against an un- unranked team, was the underdog? Really weird, but deservedly so. Iowa State ended up winning 24-21. And so if you picked either one, Either team, you lost because the spread was three. It was a, it was a push. So you got your money back, but you didn't get anything. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think about this game? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm an idiot for picking the higher ranked team, apparently. We did talk about this in our preview that it was weird for Iowa State to have that have the line there but at the same time it's you know it's it was in Ames right so you can never count out Iowa State in Ames in the month of October and they really showed us that I mean this was a this was a very back and forth game that if you're watching this as a Texas Tech fan you think yeah these neither of these games will probably be in and a win for us uh Iowa State Oklahoma State two really good teams and I think this was just a really good game all around it really just came to who had the ball last um well, Spencer, I would say Spencer Sanders actually played a really good game until he didn't. Um, and then at the end, uh, making that pass, I think was that last that last pass was risky because as soon as I can't remember who it was turned, he got hit, fumbled it, and it was Iowa State ball, and Oklahoma State lost their chance to win it there. So, but this game was really anybody's game. Iowa State just made sure that it was theirs in the end. Yeah, I mean the third, the second half was ridiculously exciting in this game. Um, Definitely a battle between two behemoths, right? Like knockout blow to knockout blow, both offensively and defensively. 
We also saw the stars showed up on the Iowa State side. Xavier Hutchinson and Charlie Kohler, both really good games. Um, on the Oklahoma State side, their defense was everything we, we thought they were. Brees Hall had really struggled to get anything going because of how good this Oklahoma State defense is. But they weren't able to get, uh, with the exception of, uh, 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 what, they got one turnover in this game. They really weren't able to make much more happen. And so, oh, sorry, no, they didn't even, uh, they weren't able to get any turnovers. I, I apologize. They weren't able to make much more happen. And so that right there, I think, is it was the issue, is that one more turnover from Oklahoma State, game's over. They win. They weren't able to get it, and that's that was really the difference. Uh, Dylan, you watched this game, this, didn't you? Yeah, this was the game of the week. I mean, this was a back-and-forth game, but unfortunately for Oklahoma State, it is peak Brocktober season. Uh, 27 for 33, 307 yards and two touchdowns. It doesn't get much better than that. Brock, Brock Purdy was everything... We all thought he was he might be in this game. Uh, and you mentioned Xavier Hutchinson. We like to think uh, Eric Izukama is the, the best receiver in the Big 12. Xavier Hutchinson's probably the second best. Well, I mean, they actually get their receivers the ball. So uh, there's, I mean, there's that. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's the Big 12 roundup. Texas Tech football. I was I was talking about percentages. I think at one point Texas Tech had a ninety five percent chance to beat Kansas State. Oh no, sorry, ninety one point six. Ninety one point six chance to beat Texas or Kansas State. Um, I'm all over the place right now. Texas Tech had a ninety one point six percent chance to beat Kansas State and lost. So that's fun. That is fun. But again, guys, we still have five, still have five more weeks on this season, and uh, anything could happen. We probably can assume what will probably happen, but anything can happen. So for another five weeks, let's just hold off on the coaching stuff, right? Let's just hope that, um, you know what? Let's just wait. Let's not hope anything. Let's just wait. Let's just wait. Stop wasting your hope. Let's just wait. (laughs) Next week, we have Oklahoma. So that's fun. In Norman. That should be a good time. We will have that preview pod later this week. Uh, Dylan, anything else you want to say? Just wanted to give a shout out to the two announcers calling the Texas Tech game. God bless them. They couldn't figure out who was in at quarterback. They had no idea whether it was Henry Columbia or Donovan Smith. And then they somehow managed to mix up Eric Monroe and McLean Mannix, which was so funny. (laughs) I, uh, so I had, I was, I was traveling during the game. So I ended up having to rewatch the game uh, earlier today, but I was, I did get to watch most of it uh, while I was traveling. I watched the first quarter when they were doing that Donovan Smith. And the whole time I'm just as confused. Like, wait, time out. That's number Number three is on the field. Why are you saying that Donovan Smith? He's he's Hispanic. I don't I don't get what's going on here. Um, I did not know about the Eric Monroe thing. I got tweets t- telling me about all types of mishaps and miscues they were doing on uh, during the broadcast. Lord, who knew we'd be missing ESPN? Lord Jesus, um, Jeremy, you, what do you want else you want to say to the people? I think we've kind of said it all. I, I have a, I have an uh, I think every year I wonder what is it about October in Iowa that makes Brock Purdy so good. Maybe it's the pollen from the corn. Maybe. I I like I like Dylan's Brocktober. We're gonna we're gonna start using that. Luckily we pay Iowa State. I, I did not come up with Brocktober. Um, That's uh Dylan definitely no. just came up with Brocktober, so we'll just credit <laughs> Dylan Smythe with Brocktober. That's, that's okay. what I and heard. if anybody wants to challenge that, you can just at yes, us and all, we'll pass that along. It was all Dylan at Dill Pixels on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. And all hate his way. Um 
<laughs> Actually, it's funny. Dylan has a his following's growing on Instagram, but not on Twitter. So follow Dylan. Not follow Dill Pixels on Twitter. Um, so yeah. Follow the gadget. I don't. I, how do you even say it, Jeremy? You're you're uh, you're cooking. I, I don't know how to say it. Kitchen. But it's if fantastic. you if you I watch you an episode, you yeah. know how to say it. Oh, <laughs> I that's do true. watch an episode. That hurts. No, forget <laughs> that. I do watch an episode, but I don't know how. I'm it's, not, uh, listen, I, listen. I just struggled to say a Nigerian name earlier in this episode. Okay, I'm not going to screw that up. That's fair. It's a uh, Gaijin Kitchen. G A I J I N. Don't, don't, don't put me on blast with that. I'm a frequent viewer. Here's the wait. Hold right, on, real question. What what does gaijin mean? Like, what is the origin of that word? Well, if you'd watch to the end of the video, <laughs> I Dylan, watched the beginning. But I put it in the there. Ends, I guess. <laughs> tell, tell him. Oh, just means foreigner in Japanese. It's <laughs> actually pretty ironic. I love it. Yes. Yeah. I, I thank you. Roast him. All right. Anyways, um, we have fun here because the Texas Tech football team obviously is not giving us the fun that we deserve. So um, we have to create it ourselves. Uh, if you've been listening to us for a while now, you kind of know our position on everything. Uh, our header on Twitter kind of speaks to how we feel about the coaching situation. But again, we're not going to bring it up until the end of the season because there's no point to. So Texas Tech, we're five and three on the season. Still one game away from going to the first bowl game we've been in four years. And with the remaining schedule left, it is going to be very tough to get to that one win. But luckily, if you're a betting man, you hit the over on the tech season total. So good for you, I guess. I guess that's all maybe the coaching staff cared about. (laughs) Good for us. That's right. Um, So for Dylan... Our producer extraordinaire for Jeremy. This is Albie Short. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.